वेलकम टू शुभी एंड फ्रेंड्स स्टार्ट बुक क्लब वेर वी डिस्कस बुक्स डिस्कशन every other episode so this week i'm bringing the question what is the question <laughs> yeah um so here's my question but i'm first i'm going to tell you a story and the story was that so i was recently reading michelle zoner's book crying in h mart have are you familiar with that book have you seen that book no Anyway, it's a book about uh, a young woman who is living with her mom. She grows up um in Oregon. Her mom is Korean. Um she's she's half Korean. And long story short, there's a lot of time spent in the kitchen in this book. Um Zoner cooks family recipes for her mom who's going through cancer treatment. She talks about her food. uh the food that her mom would make um talks about you know the difficulty of even finding korean ingredients in oregon which is kind of a more uh you know she's living in a slightly more remote area and i just got to say it made me hungry <laughs> um, like starving when i was reading this book some of it was because i've actually made some of the food that she talked about like there's this dish um in korean cuisine called dakbaki which is these rice cakes and this really spicy sauce and that and that she made that you know she made all these comfort foods for her mom trying to um and her mom would make them for her when she was growing up and so i just wanted to <laughs> eat after i read the book and eat and eat while i was reading it and so my question to you that's a long-winded way of saying what are some books that made you hungry and um it could be hungry for food or hungry for particular food that the book is talking about like i felt in crying in h mart or you know maybe hungry in a different way so i just thought i'd throw that question out are there any books that come to mind that Let's just start with the with the actual food or drink. Like you read it and you're like, "Oh man, I need to go out and have a you know, uh a, a dessert like that or I need to have that um you know, that bowl of I don't know, my mom's you know, um breakfast, you know, comfort food that she made for me when I was sick. I can think of two things. Um I I think one is um the Asterix comics. Yeah. Uh cuz they're just so obsessed with this wild boar and and I'm vegetarian and I've never eaten meat in my life but it's just such a fixation and it just looks so interesting so I think in life if I ever tried it would be that and it needs to look like that on a plate with the like sticking out and you know I think that's that's an image i can't shake off um 
I think the other thing that's just like really coming to me now is the whole like Enid Blyton stuff that I used to read. I think it was the first set of books which were not with pictures that I'd read and their entire fixation used to be midnight feasts and you know just cakes and sandwiches and uh, muffins and different kinds of cakes and it just used to be really long-winded descriptions of those so I think though that also used to make me hungry so I'm like maybe that's what it's like going to school or boarding school you know that you know I think those are the two sort of uh specific food related distinct memories so while growing up sometimes in the book I'll read something called as muffin and I just remembered it from what Annapurna was saying and I'll always wonder what exactly is muffin because uh, I think we used to call uh, first of all I think for a very long time I have never seen something like muffin while growing up it used to be like a slice of cake which we'll call a pastry and when yeah when I was grown up, I realized pastry is also something very different. Like we will always think pastry means a slice of cake. Because yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We never knew. Muffin is a cupcake. Is that is that your association? Oh, we I used to call them so cupcakes. I had never seen, I had not seen like a cupcake for a very long time in my life. Like maybe when I started working, I would have seen uh, cupcake for the first time. I don't even remember visiting bakeries while growing up to know there is uh, something more than cake and pastry in a bakery. Like the bakeries we would visit to would mostly be baking biscuit and when okay. uh, or and then uh, maybe just uh, cake and uh, when they give you a slice they'll call it a pastry. Uh, so uh, that's what I remember uh, that I didn't know and I thought maybe it's some dessert. Because- I, I was thinking, uh, one of the things though that I wanted to talk about just briefly was something that you just said, which is the word biscuit. Because when um, I remember reading as a kid, some of the books that, maybe it was Roald Dahl or some of the books that were set in England yeah. and they talked about having a, a tea biscuit yeah. or um, having a biscuit with their tea. And in my mind, I'm thinking about in the American South in particular, there are these big fluffy biscuit things. Um, we, we call them biscuits and they're they're really fluffy and, and sort of airy. And... Um, you open them up and you put jam and or but lots of butter, you know, that kind of thing. And then one time when I was in, I think I was in England visiting and they said, do you want biscuits with your tea? And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, maybe. And they brought me these little hard <laughs> disc things, you know, like, I was like, that's not a biscuit. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, while we were growing up and when we, maybe for the first time when I visited, uh, I think in the US, I realized that they are called cookies. And uh, I was like, really? They just had to change the name for such a simple thing. Because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, it should be called biscuit everywhere. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) funny. 
Um, well, one of the things that I, I think about when I'm when I'm reading too and, and food is like um, I remember reading um, a Chris, um, Carol Dickens a Christmas Carol yeah. and you yeah. know about Scrooge and how he he you know is reminded of his past and there were these big Christmas feasts and then um, his uh, the person that he hired, Bob Cratchit, he sees Bob Cratchit's life and how they went out and they have this like, I think they have this really um, kind of scrawny, it was either a goose or a turkey, but I'm thinking it was a goose mm -hmm. for their Christmas meal. Um, I just remember reading Dickens and hearing about that beautiful spread of food and he, he talks so much about these different dishes and and um i remember like again saying like what is this what is this what are they talking about with pudding and it made me hungry um but then also i remember years later i decided to make a goose uh, for christmas oh. dinner based on the fact that oh they 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 have christmas goose in um charles dickens world you know at, at christmas so i'm gonna do that too so that's one way that food has kind of or making me hungry has um made an impact on not only my reading but my my outside of my outside of the book world yeah that's really interesting strangely for me uh, though i would read about food in the books but i have never come out thinking what does this food mean because uh, for me it was like there's a lot of food in the world and they're mentioning something but it never made me curious enough but when I read erotica it would always make me, me hungry for sex <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different kind of hunger I love it <laughs> it always used to even when like I had nobody to have sex with but even now, sometimes when I have somebody to have sex with, but you know, they may not be in a mood, but I'm like, I am. What to do? <laughs> you know, you can't mention because now my husband knows I must have read something. <laughs> and he's like, just go to sleep or go back to your book. <laughs> Don't bother me. <laughs> Oh, that's, so that's awesome. I don't think we can talk about it. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, in, in the Harry Potter movies, uh, when I saw the food that was being displayed, I always wondered, is that how J.K. Rowling had intended it to be? Like the food didn't appear like I would want to eat it just by looking at it. But but they would always say that it was an opening feast. Mm. And and then there was a lot of food, but mm. never in the movie it appeared attractive enough for me to feel like I want to eat any of those things. Maybe again, I didn't focus too much on it. But, but I remembered that, you know, whenever you hear feast, you're like, you're going to have lots and lots of some tasty stuff things you don't have at home regularly but, but uh, be, you're, you're not much of a food person anyway so it's yeah uh, that's, you that's know, true. So it's, 
I'm not much of a sex person as well. Just to clarify. Okay. <laughs> we'll reserve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, reading books makes makes uh, Shubi hungry for sex. What about you? Uh, Anapurna, like not necessarily sex, but <laughs> have, has books made you hungry in a different way? And if you want to talk about sex, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. I think we leave that too. <laughs> but um, I, I do tend to sort of like go down uh, the reference wormhole. So I, like if there's a book that references another book, then I'll go read that book or I'll go through a phase where it's um, a series. Like I think all of us in the last couple of years would have gone through reading stuff about productivity. So I think I started with Power of Habit and then I went to deep work and I read two or three and then I'm like, listen, they're all saying pretty much the same thing, you know, make a plan and stick to it or small habits yeah. or something <laughs> like that. And uh, so I went through that and uh, I, I think it also there was a phase where uh, I was interested, like I picked up some, I think I wanted to read about Buddhism. So I picked up Siddhartha but it's not really about like it's about the Buddha but not necessarily Buddhism but mm-hmm. then I read a bunch of others uh, around in that space uh, like I read one which is which is called Ashoka by Charles Allen about how they actually discovered uh, the whole Buddhism which was sort of which be- became hidden for a long time and how it came back. So it's the history of how uh, in during the colonial times, they discovered, say, the caves where there were the scriptures, uh, you know, how it came back. So I, I tend to go down, like read something about something and go deeper and go deeper. And then one day they said, stop, okay, I'm done with this. And then I move on. So I think uh, the last two, three years have been about productivity, which now I think I'm done with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I tried a book to me as well called Range. And yeah, yeah, I read Range. Yeah, yeah. Range is not about productivity though, but it's in the same space. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, zone. yeah, yeah. So I tend to read everything in that space, and then one day say, okay, done. Um, so, so you get full. After yeah. a while, you're hungry, yeah. and then you get. Fired. I know. Yeah, yeah. when the authors all start looking like each other, you know, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, it's a group. Yeah. I do. I do a similar thing where I I'll get on a kick. Yeah. With something so like, for a while I've been often on this this Shakespeare kick where I'll read it. I um I was with a group who would read a Shakespeare play. And so we read this play and then I was like, well, I want to learn more about fear. So I would re- then I read a couple of biographies of Shakespeare and then I read a couple of historical fiction. So they weren't, they weren't biographies, but like I read the Hamnet book by Maggie O'Neill. Um, and so I'd read all these different things that, um, I didn't, uh, and then I, I thought about, but I didn't watch like Shakespeare in Love, mm. you know, those kinds of things where they have different views of the same person. And some of them are fiction, some of them are nonfiction. Um, and then I get tired of it. And, yeah. 
pick somebody else, yeah. you know, but I think that initial hunger starts with a piece of fiction that that, or sometimes it's nonfiction, um, but some book or something starts that off in me. And then I like to put that at the center of something and then read all around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this movie called 12 Years a Slave and uh, it was so strange that he just happens to travel and how his life drastically changes. And uh, and then it, it, it took me to that rabbit hole of was slavery still there like less than 100 years back. And then I started reading a lot about slavery in general uh, because, uh, you know, in India we don't when somebody works for you, we don't look at it as slavery because in some ways it helps in their survival as well. But we did have a form of slavery uh, at point where the families had had to be uh, like were forced to be working in the same household forever and all those things. But this was more about races. Like if you are this race, you have to be a slave. So, so I read a lot of books and that also got me interested in colonial era, both uh, series as well as books. So I think there was a phase where I went, read a lot of it. And similarly today, uh, with all this diversity and inclusion buzz, I, I read this book. I happened to read this book by Jodi Picoult. Uh, it's called, uh, it's called Small Great Things in which, in which uh, there is a couple, a white couple who has come down uh, uh, for the birth of their baby and uh, they look at this nurse who is the most experienced nurse who was described to love babies and who has always been known very well. She in fact doesn't even love, live in a black uh, neighborhood. She chooses to live in white neighborhood so that she is respected more or that's all in her mind maybe. But uh, so this couple says, I, we don't want this nurse to touch the baby. And as the story unfolds, the baby ends up dying and uh, this nurse ends up getting blamed for it. And the whole story is about uh, how this nurse keeps uh, like the whole world around her shatters. Like she believed her white neighbors who always thought good of her will help her or how for no mistake of hers her son suffers and you know generally even it's very difficult for her to prove as well that she hasn't done anything but she ends up losing her job and everything so that made me think that you know uh, if this book is being written in this era does it mean racism still occurs and all that and then i landed on this book called Queeristan. Uh, it's written by Parmesh Shani and it's about like he himself is from the LGBTQIA plus community and he's talking about back in the era while he came out quite early but, uh, but then a lot of he knew a lot of people who were not ready and how he joined this organization called Godrej and he was supported uh, by one of uh, from their family. So he was given a free hand to set up uh, or help them mold culture in such a way that uh, the LGBTQIA plus community members feel comfortable in the organization. 
and he talks about how a lot of employees in the organization were had come out in office while their relatives and uh, family still didn't know and basically he's talking about how uh, the culture of the organization can really really help uh, and make people comfortable to be themselves then uh, genocide of uh, jews and i came upon this book called moz because it got banned uh, from certain uh, to be to be allowed to be read in certain schools in us and it's very unusual that books are banned in us it's not a us thing so that that was the key reason that i got interested in it and i bought both the series and it's amazing to read about like the first person account of the person who has gone through the whole uh, whole uh, thing and all of us yeah. as well but yeah so it sounds like you have a hunger for um to just learn more about certain um biases yeah i would say i'm pretty much pretty inclined to why people behave in a certain way uh but also like you know after reading then i in my mind i keep on questioning that uh uh why because i find it really difficult that when it's not appearing like anything wrong to me how could somebody uh, be so against like any any bias for that matter mhm yeah yeah well um we've come a far path from um talking about comfort food and <laughs> now towards like a hunger for or for justice really right and um So maybe that's a good place to to end this and um just to say to our listeners that if you are if books have made you hungry in a certain way we would we'd love to hear from you so feel free to reach out to us at shubianfriends@gmail.com and shubianfriends is all one word or find us on Instagram and uh, send us a a DM and we will um we'd love to read your comments and maybe even take some suggestions for questions going forward what other things would you like to hear us discuss so on that shubhi you want to take us out today yeah so that's it for this episode of shubhi and friends start a book club next week we'll be discussing a very interesting book called swami and friends don't miss out Remember to like us on Instagram and subscribe to our channel on whichever medium you are listening to us. I am Shubhi and we are her friends. And we started a book club. Goodbye for now.